Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. All right, well guys, today I believe we're just going to be building on what's been happening through Pastor Steve, what's been happening through Tony. I believe that God is, I believe God's up to something in this house right now. And he is building brick upon brick. He's doing something and he's preparing us for something. Now, whenever God pours something out, he has to first prepare a vessel or a container for that. Isn't that right? And I believe that that's the process that's going on right now is God is creating this vessel or this, this container so that God can do his thing. 2 Corinthians 4, somewhere in there, one of those verses, it says that we are earthen vessels filled with the glory of God. Isn't that a crazy thought that you and I are literally carrying around the glory of God inside of us? Wow. That means that you and I have a powerful influence wherever we are walking. Today, I'm going to be talking about saturation. I'm going to be talking about what's it going to take for us to actually change the world we live in. And uh, I believe it's the next step in what God is talking about in our community as a whole. So we're going to go into a really common and well-known passage of Scripture. It's, It's John 15, and it's the vine and the branches. And everyone has heard this so many times, and guys, I kind of thought when, when I kind of got this, God, really? Everybody knows this, and I really felt like God says, no, this is where I want you to feed this morning. So this morning, will you guys come and feed in the pasture at John 15, and we're going to listen to what God's Spirit has to say to us. And I want you to just say, God, I'm going to open my heart to you, God, this morning. I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to let you speak something into me. And God, change me this morning. I want you to take your, your Bible this morning, whether paper or plastic. It could be, you know, or glass, I guess. Paper or plastic. And I want you to just hold it in your hands this morning, okay? Say, God, I believe this is your word. I believe it can change my life. If I apply it to my life. So this morning, God put seeds into my life that will grow up and change me forever. Amen. Amen? All right. So let's get into John 15. We're just going to jump right into Scripture. And I'm going to grab my glasses so I can see. And I'm going to be reading out of the message. That's why I have it up on the screen, because I would imagine that not everybody has the message, but I've brought the message with me this morning. Eugene Peters does a great job at translating some portions of Scripture. John 15, it says, I am the real vine. Real in this means not only authentic, but it also means source of, the, the, the actual representation of the analogy or the picture. I am what this is all about, is what he means by real. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer, or vine dresser you have in some of your translations. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. Who does the cutting? The vine dresser, the father. 
And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so that it can bear even more. Anybody ever feel pruning of God? That's so that we can bear more fruit. You are already pruned back by the message that I have spoken. Live in me, make your home in me, and just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. Say that with me. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Say that again. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. Don't like that verse. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is, and some of your translation says is glorified, when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you in the way that my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. I've kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose. That my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. I want you to say this together with me. Love one another the way that I have loved you. Jesus boils everything down to one command. That makes it simple, doesn't it? Makes it a lot easier when God, he boils it down to look in scripture, see how I loved, look at the way that I loved people, look at the way that I took care of people, look at the way I addressed people. Tony's message was awesome. We have to get out of ourselves sometimes. Steve said it, we got to break up with ourselves sometimes, isn't that right? And we need to start embracing what God is doing in our life. Isn't that right? 1 Corinthians says we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. It's a new life, guys. Let's start embracing it and stop holding on to some of the things of the past. He goes on to say that he has now named us friends, and I like that a lot. I like, I like friends a lot better than servants. I don't know about you, but I, I really like being a friend of God. And uh, that puts us in the same class as what Abraham was. He was called a friend of God. And Abraham experienced an incredible favor of God in his life. Isn't that right? That friendship with God brought an incredible favor upon his life. I'm going to just pray real quick again. God, help us to understand what you are up to and what makes you happy. Turn on the lights for us today so that we can understand how to be fruitful and not firewood in our life. Amen. Amen. This whole message started in my shower <laughs> about three weeks ago. It was uh, before we even knew that, Pastor Steve, what you were going through was as serious as it was. It was still when you were, we just thought it was sciatic issues. And I was in my shower and I was praying and I was saying, God, what's it going to take for us to see true miracles? I was praying for you, Steve. I, I pray in my shower. Anybody else pray in their shower? 
There's a lot of people that pray in their shower. It's just a great place to pray. You're just naked and exposed before God, isn't that right? <laughs> but in the shower praying, and, and I was praying about you, Stephen. I'm just praying in general also, God, I know that miracles happened. I hear the stories. I haven't seen a ton of them in my, in my life. I've seen a few, but not a ton. And I'm sitting here. I'm praying with Gideon saying, God, where are the miracles my forefathers told me about? There are times to just sit with Earl and Leanne and just listen to what these two have experienced in their life in real miracles. Literally, crutches and wheelchairs piling up at the front altars because of people being healed. I mean, amazing stories. Azusa Street, where legs grew out of people's bodies right in front of people looking at them. Fingers growing out of people's hands as people are watching it happen. This is the reality of what can happen in the presence of God. And as I was there in the shower, and I'm, I'm actually lathering the soap in my hands, and there's a point where your soap, your hands are full of soap. They won't take any more. And God spoke this word to me. He says, saturation. The answer to your query is saturation. There's a point where you are saturated so much that wherever you go, whatever you touch, whatever you do, for me, I'm washing under my arms. I'm sorry to be so graphic, but washing under my arms. And the, the, the soap is saturated on my hands, and as it's saturated on my hands, it transfers underneath, and it does cleansing. And God begins to speak to me. I know this is strange, but I'm sorry, this is just how God talks to me. He talks to all of us in different ways. As unique as we are and as strange as we are, this is the way God talks to me. And he says, it's all about saturation, Jeff. And as he began to speak to me, he says, all of a sudden, the picture that I learned in science, and guys, I'm a science geek, so things come to me in science pictures a lot of times. First in the natural, then the spiritual. Isn't that right? Didn't God create all of this as pictures of how he does things? I begin to remember the semi-permeable membrane in our cells. Anybody remember that from science class? How things get in and get out of the cell is through this semi-permeable membrane. And the way that that happens is that there is a, go ahead and help me out. We're going to go ahead and put that on the graphic. I'm out of order, but that's okay. Give me the picture of the saturation or, there you go, osmosis. Say osmosis with me. Don't you just wish you could learn things a lot more through osmosis? Just lay on your book at night, you know, and just let it just kind of leak into your brain. But there is a process called osmosis, and basically what is happening, Chris, you'll help me out here, right? What happens in osmosis? What happens between the two sides of the semipermeable membrane? I'm putting you on the spot because Chris, he comes up to me and he makes sure that I get these things right, so I'm coming back to you. There's a higher concentration on one side versus a lower concentration on the other is what happens. And by the change of concentration, it will move through the semipermeable membrane, and that's how things get in and out of your cells. Okay? As this is going over me, God is saying, this is the same thing that is happening to us spiritually as we come into the presence of God. 
And God took me immediately to the verse of the vine and the branches. You can do nothing on your own if you're not attached to me. Nothing. There is nothing that is going to make it into heaven that you are doing unless it is coming through Christ. We can be doing a whole lot of things in our life that are going to add up to a whole lot of hay, wood, stubble that is just going to get burned up. I'll tell you, when I walk into heaven, I want to make sure that the things that I'm doing are going to be making it into heaven. How about you? I want to hear the good, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to come in and I want to say, God, here is what I've done and God, it's of value. So we're sitting here, and, and as this is all happening in me, let's see if I missed anything out. Um, I just went through all of this, this and, and God was just kind of downloading on me. There was one more phrase, and I'm going to leave that till the end. And it, and it is first in the natural and then in the spiritual. You see, when, God was, when man was created, we were created in God's image, and we were created body, soul, and spirit. Isn't that right? You've heard this before. And we have our body, we know that pretty well, that's what we look at, and that's where we're, we, we kind of dress up and throw paint on and everything else to make ourselves look good, isn't that right? Comb our hair, put gel in our hair, all the things that we do so that we make this body look well. But then you've got your, you've got your soul, that's your mind, your will, your emotions, particularly your will, it's the place where you make decisions, a very important part of our being. But you also have this part called the spirit. And we know that in the garden, when they sinned against God, all of a sudden something died in them. He says, surely in that day you will die. Did they die in their body that day? No, they did not. Did they die in their soul that day? Could they still have emotions and think and make decisions? No, they didn't die in that day. What died in that day was their spirit. And the spirit, I would say to you today, is the connection that we have to God. It is that place where we are connected to the vine. It is the place where we are connected to the flow of God, the life-giving breath of God, the life-giving flow of what he is and, and who he is. In the beginning, mankind was connected to God in that way. Every day they walked in the garden with God, they filled up with what he was as he flooded into their soul, their spirit and filled them up. And as they were full of that, then, then affected the soul, which then affected the body. There was an order that happened inside their being. When they died in the spirit, there was a severance between them and God. And they got scared. They hadn't lived like that before. They hadn't lived separated. They had, ex they had lived in the flow where they were connected with God. And that void within them was always full with the presence of God as they walked in the mornings with him. It's interesting. You get into the Bible and you look at the word for they walked in the spirit. In the cool of the morning is how most of your translations go. Walked in the cool of the morning is the word ruach. Sounds like you're hucking a loogie, but <laughs> ruach. And, and in the word ruach is actually the word spirit or breath. Now check this out. It says they walked in the morning with God in the spirit. 
as they walked with God in the Spirit, they were filled up with what God was. You guys are getting my point, right? And when that severance happened, all of a sudden, they were on their own. Say, on their own. Ever feel on your own? It's not a good feeling, is it? God is always meant for us to live in community. God is always meant for us to live in community with Him, but not only community with Him, community with others. First point that I want to say is that God wanted to create a saturated culture. God is meant, when He was talking about the vine and the branches, I want you to see, He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. When we start talking about unity and we start talking about this community coming together, guess what? Some of us have different ideas. Isn't that right? Even how that community should look. Even how we should operate or what's more important than this or what's more important like that. If you've got a gift for worship, you think worship's most important. If you've got a gift for evangelism, you think evangelism's most important. If you've got a gift for teaching the word of God, you think that's most important. Isn't that true? How are we going to get along? I believe Jesus says right here that... You have to be attached to me. I'm the center of this whole thing. Say center. In order to have this saturated culture, we've got to figure out what's the center of this whole thing. Why are we coming together in a community at all if it isn't for Jesus Christ? And when we come together, did you know that certain colors don't go together? God created all those colors, didn't he? Did you know that that there's certain notes that don't go together very well? Isn't that right? But God created all of those notes, did he not? Did you know certain personalities don't go very well together? But God created them all. Even certain gifts people feel like are more important than others. But God says, no, I created them all. And they've got to come together to give the fullness of what I've created. Tony, you did an amazing job. And this is what what was so amazing. I've got to step out of being a Norwegian, an American, a white boy. I got to step out of the ability of not being able to keep timing. And I got to step into Jesus Christ. He's got to be the center. He's got to be the vine. You are a branch. Somebody over here may be a little different than you. And somebody over here might be a little different and might think a little different. But we are attached to a center, and that center is Jesus Christ. And when we get that down right, God can bring together a community, a culture that can get saturated in him and be used in all of the giftings and all of those giftings working together. I believe that God wants to do an amazing thing. And part of that amazing thing is creating a saturated culture. Now, I want to talk about the context. I want to talk about the context of what was going on. John 13, 14, 15, 16, and and 17 happen in the upper room. And you can put that picture up, Brandon. It happened in the upper room. The upper room is still with us today. It's there in Jerusalem. 
And it looks like this today. There was a 14th century renovation that happened to the upper room, but it's still there. It probably looked a little bit more like this in the, in the days of the disciples and Jesus Christ. In the upper room is where 13, 14, 15, and 16, and 17 happened. John records the discourse of what Jesus said in the upper room the night before he was crucified. Do you think that was probably an important night in Jesus' book? A very important night. Let's say, let's say you were going to die tomorrow. It would probably be pretty important what you said to the people around you that night, isn't it? John is the only one that recorded all of that conversation, the intimacy of that. And in that, Jesus does an amazing job at getting them prepared for what was coming next. God will never take you into something that he has not prepared you for if we will spend time with him and spend time in his presence. God will always tell us, he even said in John 13, that the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you of the things to come. He's going to prepare us for everything that's going to come to hit us, guys. He's going to make us ready. But we've got to be those people that will be in the presence of God. Now, catch this. Jesus is there, and these guys hang out that night. And this is one of those things that Jesus tells them, is that in order for you to go on from here, you are going to have to live a saturated life, a live and abiding life, live and a connected life yeah, to me. Yeah. Anything that you do is going to have to come out of me. And this is going to be the way that it's going to work in this community. I told you last time I spoke that I typically look, I typically look into the scripture and I read it for me. I put myself in the shoes of the disciples. I put myself in the place of what's going on. But I've been looking at all of this in a sense of community. And Jesus wasn't just talking to individuals. He was talking to them in a community. And he was saying, you need to be part together in this community. All of your different branches and your ways connected to me as the vine in the center. The next thing I want to point out is that that it needs to be a saturated culture with Jesus in the center. So the next thing I want you to know is that God is in a process where he is wanting to bring a saturation to us. And the next point I want to say is that saturation isn't hard. Sometimes we have made this Christian life a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Would you say amen to that? All the do's and all the don'ts and all this stuff. But the truth is that God has made this a lot more simple than we make it out to be. He says, hey, just hang out with me. And in hanging out with me, there's going to be a transference of me to you. Guess what? God is love. God is patience. Anybody need patience? God is kindness. Anybody needs to be a little bit more kind in your life? All the things that God is actually transfers into us. Remember osmosis? When we are in the presence of God and when we are at a low concentration, get it? God is a high concentration. He will transfer into us. The work of it is just getting into the place where we can be transferred to. And that's abiding. That's saturating. That's baptism. 
That's indwelling. That's marinating. You guys ever marinate your meat? Get it all. You got to get in the spice of God and just hang out there long enough for those things to begin to get inside of you and be a part of who you are. And then as that saturation occurs, you begin to become changed. And then that takes me to my next point. When you become changed, something amazing happens. The favor of God begins to happen in your life. Because favor comes from the attributes of God being lived out in your life. I have a friend. His name is Louis Vos. And Louis Vos is an amazing man. Kaler knows him. And this guy has made a goal to, to influence a million people for the kingdom of God before he dies. Now, he understands it's not all him, just one-on-one, but the people that he has influenced will influence others, will influence others. I believe he's going to make it. But Louis used to be a very mean meat cutter. Can you imagine a mean meat cutter? They go out that cleaver. But Louis was hurt early in his life, and because of his hurts, Louis didn't like people. He worked on the other side of the counter. He was pretty gruff. He didn't really care about people. He didn't really love people until one day something happened in his life. And in that, all of a sudden, the love of God hit his life. And after a few months, God says, God, I want to love like you love. Isn't this it? This is it, right? Jesus says, love others as I have loved you. He says, I want to love others as you loved others. And he prayed this really risky prayer. And went something like this. He says, God, I want to love others like you do. Louis right now can walk through Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, any of those areas. He can't walk into a store without somebody knowing him. He is so full of joy. He is leading people into the presence of God daily. He pulls together people to raise roofs on people's houses, get money put together for people to have surgeries. People that... They, they still don't know the Lord. He's just loving them. He's just loving them for who they are. He is changing the world he lives in because he prayed a simple prayer. He says, God, I just want to learn how to love people. I prayed that same prayer in my life, and it began to change me. And it's been changing me for years. I told you last time I spoke, there was a, there was a time when God spoke to me. He says, you're becoming a Pharisee. It wasn't long after that that I prayed the prayer, God, teach me how to love. And as God has been teaching me how to love, there's been an amazing thing that's been happening in my life. Same thing has happened in Louis' life. People just come up to me and just start talking to me. They just start sharing their life with me. It's not anything that I've done. It's the favor of God. It's literally the fact that I have been saturating in the presence of God. There has been a transference of God's peace, God's rest, God's love, God's affections, God's everything begins to transfer into us. We begin to marinate in him. We begin begin the osmosis process. And then when we walk out into the world, we're literally carriers of the glory of God in earthen vessels. Guys, there's times we don't even have to open our mouths because of the osmosis of God, because of the saturation of God in our life. God wants to saturate you. There is this prayer, I'll tell you, this prayer, is it's a crazy prayer. It sounds like a simple prayer, but it's a crazy prayer if you're real with it. 
That prayer to say, I'm going to love people no matter what. I'm going to love people whether or not they agree with what I agree with. I'm going to love people no matter if they dump on me. I'm going to love them even if they're my enemy. Matthew 5, isn't that what Jesus was talking about? There is is a place where all of a sudden in the saturation of God, we are changed to become so different that we can influence a world without speaking a word. Do you believe that? Heather, would you and your team come up? This morning, we're going to worship. We're just going to go into more worship this morning. I've got a lot more written down, but I just feel like this is the stopping point, guys. This morning, I want to encourage you to worship, to come into the presence of God. I'm going to share this. So many times we think of prayer as going in and telling God what we need, don't we? We just march into the presence of God and we spend the whole time of our prayer telling him what we need and what we want and what's wrong with our life. Isn't that right? I want to tell you there is a part of prayer that is pure saturation. There's a part of prayer where you just get in and you just keep your mouth shut. And you just hang out in the presence of God until you begin to sense the presence of God in your life. And as the presence of God begins to surround you and indwell you and overshadow you and be your front guard and your rear guard as he has promised to be, in that place something begins to happen where your eyes begin to spiritually open and you begin to see God for what he is, the kingdom for what it is, the world for what it is. And when you're in that place, all of a sudden you can pray a prayer that is so different, so unselfish compared to the prayers we normally pray. And it takes a saturation. It takes just hanging out in the presence of God. I look at the Bible. I look at the beginning. He says, we're going to make man in our image so that they can. And then he said, God, man, it's not right that man be alone. And he separates out of man Eve so that he can have community, so that he can be like God. Because God is in community. He's one together. Jesus prays in John 17, let them be one as we are one. All the way through scripture, God says, I will be their God and they will be my people. You hear this longing and this drawing of God that says, I just want to be with you. I just want to hang out with you. Can you just give me a moment? But so many times the osmosis doesn't occur because we're so full with so much other stuff there's no room for transference. We're going to be coming up in just a few weeks, this grow, and we're going to go into a Daniel fast. We're going to go into a fast. And I want to put to you that a fast may be more than just pulling back from eating or trying to even focus just on God, but instead making ourselves so empty that the presence of God rushes in that we get on the equation of the osmosis where we're so empty. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the desperate, for they will see the kingdom of God. That's what it says in Matthew 5. Getting to a place where we're empty enough where God rushes in and we begin to become changed. Worship. Worship sometimes, guys, let's face it, we just come in and we sing the song. We look at the words bounce across the screen and we're just singing the song. 
Not all the time. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean here, but I'm trying to encourage you. There's more than words to that song. There is a transference of God's spirit when we begin to worship him. When it becomes worship, all of a sudden there is a connection between heaven and earth and you and us. And God begins to move. Years ago, something happened in this church and I need to learn more about this. But all of a sudden there was an outpouring of God's spirit and people started becoming drunk to this place. And a bunch of young people came in. Dave has told me about it, probably more so, but Earl has, Pastor Earl has told us about it. But all of a sudden, a bunch of young people just came in, hungry people. And something began to happen in a community where people started loving on one another, and this place exploded years and years ago. Do it again. That's what I say. God, do it again. For us, what we need to do is the preparation. We need to open up our hearts. We need to say, God, saturate me. I'm going to let go of anything, even as we're worshiping here in just a moment. I want you to say, God, anything that you want to have, I'm going to let go. I'm just going to let go of it. Would you stand with me this morning? I've got one more point, but Heather, let's just go into the presence of God. How I live for the moment Where I'm still in your presence all the noise dies down. Lord, speak to me now. You have all my attention. I will linger and listen. I can't miss a thing. Lord, I know my heart wants more. My heart wants something new. So I surrender all. All I want is to live within your love. Be undone by who you are. My desire is to know you. to the wind. I am desperate for a touch of heaven. Whoa. 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 There are people right now sitting here and you've been struggling with a spirit of rejection for years. You just feel like you're left out. You feel like God doesn't really, really love you. He loves everybody else, but he doesn't really love you. 
And I would say that in the Spirit of God right now, God is breathing in a spirit of adoption to replace the spirit of rejection. And that God is doing a work right now and He's saying that I love you as much as I love anybody else on this planet. In fact, I love you in Christ as much as I loved Christ Himself. And I just want to welcome you into my arms as a father welcomes his son and just say, you are my child and I love you. I went through great lengths to pay for you and redeem you and adopt you. I want you to throw off that rejection, that pain, and that hurt from so many years. The shame that is in you, I just want you to just say, that shame was dealt with on the cross, and it has no place in my life any longer. Let the transference of God move into your life. Get rid of the old and bring in the new. Let the love of God and the joy peace of God fill you right now there was another phrase that came to me in the shower and he says the most dynamic or dramatic times when you will see the manifestation of me is when you get to the lowest saturation when you are full God wants us to go out and He wants us to find the ones that are poor of spirit. That may be poor financially, but I'll tell you what, there are people that are well off, that are poor in the spirit and longing for God and desirous of God. And God says you will see the most dramatic things happen when you find those that are lowest in the spiritual concentration are poor in their spirit, empty in their spirit, longing for God. In that time, we will see a powerful presence of God. I believe that is a promise for our lives. That's something that God is making available to us right now. If you will grab hold of it and you will say, I make myself available, God. Use me like that. And if you would, this morning, just pray this prayer with me. God, help me to love like you loved. Say it right now between you and God. Help me to love like you love, oh God. Help me to become a lover of people. Pastor Jeff said that you can sit down if you like or you can continue to stand, whatever. But I'm sure all of us really sense such a strong presence of God here in this place this morning. It's like a spirit of restoration. There's such fresh life that God is pouring into this place. And I just want to share a prophetic exhortation to all of us. I sat back here weeping because what I sense in the spirit is such a powerful move of God. And God loves every one of us and he's got fresh new ideas and purpose for everyone. I want to encourage you in the name of Jesus that your future doesn't have to be like your disappointing past. God is doing miracles. He's going to restore more miracles. I can tell you a long list of them. This is a fresh new outpouring of God's Spirit. And He's looking for open hearts, hungry people to receive that powerful word that was given this morning. Just receive it in your heart and let the transformation come. 
Don't worry about all the details. Just trust God and keep praising Him and loving Him and see what God's going to do. I sense there is a turning point. There, God is, un, he, it's like He's undigging some wells that the Philistines have, have poured all kinds of stuff in to clog it up, and that's being removed. There's a fresh wind. There's a fresh flowing of the Spirit of God. And if we can just sense that and cooperate with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the center. He is the center. He is the center. Oh, let's pray right now. Pray, pray. God, in the name of Jesus, we submit ourselves to you joyfully, knowing that you're the head of the church. You know exactly what you're doing. You know every detail. You're the great administrator of your church. And we pray, God, in Jesus' name, that each of us will prepare our hearts to have good, fertile soil for the seed to fall into our hearts and bring forth much fruit. Your word says that some seed, it, 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 it produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And God, we're believing for great fruit. We're believing for just a super move of your spirit in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, and we give you thanks for it. Let us love each other like we've never done before and love people like we've never done before. God, this will just, oh, this is one thing you said. This, by this one thing, they will know that you're my disciples when you love each other, love one another as I've loved you. And God, we just thank you for this visitation of your spirit and let it not just be on one time. Let this continue to flow and mount up and release of greater things and miracles and change lives and transformations in the name of Jesus. Jesus hasn't forgotten this generation. In fact, I think he's preparing for one of the biggest harvests we will ever see. When I mean harvest, you guys know what I mean. People literally coming back to know God in reality. Not some rules, not, not some religious thing, but real relationship. Real relationship. And you're, you're in your room and you just sense the presence of God just enters into that place. When you're out in the workplace and, and, and you're so saturated that somebody just comes up to you and just starts talking to you and just starts divulging their life, just, just asking you, what's going on? I feel like this, I feel like that. We went through this stage where we were getting people saved and we were putting notches we didn't even know what happened to them. We didn't disciple them. We didn't take care of them. And we thought that's what God was up to. But I'm telling you, God is about bringing people into a family and having a relationship in a place where people care for one another, give their lives for one another. That's what he's up to. Look around this room. This is the community that God is starting with. This is what he's starting. And as we begin to get this, when we get saturated, God will begin to do more and more and more. You believe that, church? You believe that, church?
guys, we want to really affect people. We don't want to just brush next to them, give them a moment of comfort, but actually see change in their lives. Isn't that right? So let's get saturated. Amen? God, I pray a blessing on everyone that's here. In our hearts, we've said, saturate us, marinate us, fill us, rebaptize us with the Holy Spirit. They're all the same word, God. It's all the same word. Acts 4, it says they were baptized again in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in love. My friend Louie, that's his prayer all the time. Baptize me in your love, God. Baptize us in your love. And God, help us to change the world we walk in this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 